Well, um, today we got a, a potluck, and um, this is uh, always one of my favorite Sundays that we have, you know, eating together, and I think it's just great. Um, but, um, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to go as fast as I can. Um, there's usually a lot more scriptures than I can actually share in one Sunday, so I'll just talk really fast and try to get out as much information as I can. But if we can stand, Galatians 6, 7 through 10, um, to honor God's word. Um, you know, I heard it said that, you know, we stand in honor of God's word, and then uh, when the preacher speaks, we, we just sit down because his words are never as good. <laughs> Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Verse 10. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I'm going to ask my son to pray for the Lord's anointing today. Amen. You may be seated. Doesn't that voice, does that voice sound familiar? Jesse's voice? Famous? That podcast? Anyone heard his podcast? Who's heard the pod, his podcast? You've heard it? Jesse's podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Jesse has a podcast. Uh, is it on iTunes? Anywhere where you can find podcasts. What's it called? Christian Concepts. There we go. <laughs> so, all right, there's a little plug for that voice right there. Well, I want to talk today about reaping what you sow. Reaping what you sow. Um, Brother McAtee is, uh, anyone ever been up to the McAtee's house and seen his garden? Uh, how's it doing this year, Brother McAtee? Non-existent? Non-existent right now. But in the past, boy, he's really, uh, <clears throat> yeah. And um, Brother McAtee, what did you plant in order to get those nice, big, fat, juicy tomatoes? I mean, what did you plant? Oh, but the soil, in order to get the tomato plants, you had to plant what kind of seeds? Oh, they had to be tomato seeds? Okay. And um, so you didn't try different seeds to see if they would work, bring up those big, fat, juicy tomatoes? They had to be tomato seeds. So... Um, Anyone, I think you understand that you're going to reap what you sow. 
It's inevitable. It's inevitable. You cannot escape that. It's, it's something that God has set in motion. The word, uh, the definition for sowing is spiro. It means uh, to scatter. That is sow. Uh, Thayer says to sow, scatter seed. Um, the word for reap, when it says you reap, you're going to reap what you sow, right? Um, it means uh, to harvest, to reap, um, to cut off, to destroy. Um, because when you go to reap it, sometimes you cut, right? And you cut the plant, you cut the wheat. So that's what it means. In Genesis, the first chapter, in, the, in 11 and 12, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself um, upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Each of which, each plant that God planted, right, which produced a seed according to the nature of them, which being sown produced the like, and so there is a continuance of them upon the earth. So you're going to reap what you sow. It's inevitable. I'm so surprised that sometimes people say, man, all these bad things are happening in my life. And then if you would just go back and think, you probably re sowed some things that you're now reaping. There's, it's inevitable. It's inescapable. It's a law. There's a lot of sowing and reaping. You're going to reap what you sow. So um, there's different kinds of seed. And I look this up. Google says there's about a million different types of seeds. Yeah. They come in different shapes and different sizes. Some take longer to germinate than others. Um, in the scripture, we have references to different kinds of seed, right? The seed that you plant, we read here. Also the seed referring to man, right? Um, and woman. Uh, children. Um, but we also have parables that talk about the seed being the word of God, God's word, right? Uh, we, you remember hearing about the mustard seed and so on. There's a lot of different seeds in scripture. So um, I found uh, that the quality of the seed, does that matter, Brother McAtee? There's different qualities. Some seeds are better than others. So what would be a good quality seed that you would want to plant versus like you, you run to Walmart and grab the tomato seeds from there? Some of the hybrids are good. Yeah, so there's different types of seed. I remember I was a, a, I was a, a foreman down at a job in San Francisco, San Francisco General Hospital, and the inspector um, she was not into the, buying these seeds from just any old place. She had been keeping these heirloom tomato plants, seeds, and she, every year she would, 
she would harvest a certain amount of tomatoes and keep those seeds and then grow uh, plants. And so she, one day she brought a bunch of plants, gave them to me and another foreman, and I planted those seeds in my garden. And we got some gnarly-looking tomatoes. They did not, they weren't round. <laughs> they were like lumpy-looking. And I would go out and I'd water them. And I was just, I'm, oh, we got some heirloom tomatoes, man. These are going to be really good. And they just didn't turn red. <laughs> I just waited and waited. And one day my sister Amy was over and she said, have you ever had fried green tomatoes? I said, no, not. She goes, oh, I got this great recipe. I said, I have a bunch of green tomatoes. <laughs> and it was starting to get cold. We, were starting, we started pulling those tomatoes and, she, and we had a fried green tomato feast. And it was so yummy. You guys missed it. So we, we did get to eat them, but um, they never did turn red. Um, so the quality of the seed, a good quality seed is important. Um, I have heard people ask the question, are you born again? Now, I don't think everyone knows what it means to be born again. Um, but there's this scripture, if we'll look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Is that right? Which liveth and abideth. I typed this in wrong. Sometimes I have typos in here. So um, that good quality seed is not all his seeds. Everything that he sows is a good seed. God's word is a good seed. And so... Um, what does it mean to be born again? Born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Um, we, I've, I looked into this a little bit. Um, there are, I don't think I'm going to go into that, but there's a lot who have made compromises over the years that are contrary to God's word, and that would be something that's corruptible. But we need to not give in. We need to not waver. We need to not falter. We need to allow the incorruptible seed of God's word to penetrate our lives and make a difference in our everyday living. We need to hear his word. We need to read his word, memorize his word, and let it assimilate into our lives. That seed is not corruptible. We need to sow that seed in every way that we can into our lives, remembering that you will reap what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. So there's so many people that, you know, they sow during the week. And then they're just hoping and praying that they don't reap what they have sown and and sometimes I hear them calling me, and they're just like so troubled, and I'm like, it's inevitable. You're going to reap what you sow. And I see young people making mistakes, doing things they should not be doing, and I'm going to tell you, you will reap what you will sow, what you have sown. And that's the thing about my life. I look back at my life, and that scares me to death. Because I've sown a lot of things that weren't good. I've sown a lot of seed that wasn't good seed. So 
There is this process of sowing, right? Um, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. That's in 1 Corinthians 15, 36, 37. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed his own body. So what is planted is not always what grows, right? So who is the one that does the sowing? In your life, who is the one that sows seed? Right? If you're going to reap what you sow, you're sowing every single day. Right? You sow. God is trying to sow. We hear his word and we let that word penetrate into our lives. You can sow to your flesh or you can sow to your spirit. The sower of the good seed in the parable of Matthew 13 is the son of man. What he has to sow, the Bible says, is good seed. But the enemy, according to Matthew chapter 13, the devil, he comes in, right, and he sows tares amongst the wheat, amongst the good seed. And then he goes his way. So if we look at Matthew chapter 13, um, I didn't put the verses down. Um, maybe I did. Somewhere in here, Matthew 13, Christy, can you find it? There's a lot of parables that talk about the seed. Uh, maybe we'll come back to that. Don't worry about it, Christy. We'll come back to it. So, whether you believe in God or not, the principle of sowing and reaping applies to everybody. Everybody. So, I want you to say, that's me. I will reap what I have sown. And it's true. You will reap what you have sown. And don't blame it on God. A lot of people say, God, why are you allowing this? You're going to reap what you have sown. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. So this is a law of life. God has built this into the fabric of creation in order to deliver a response to our actions. All actions have consequences whether positive or negative. Uh, there are certain biblical laws of sowing and reaping that are explained for us in the Bible. Often these principles are applied to money, right? And they do. Um, but these principles apply to nearly every area of our life. Number one, remember that sowing always precedes reaping. Sowing always precedes reaping. So remember that. That's an important thing. Um, I'm not going to read that verse. I'm gonna, I have too many verses to read here today. So I'm going to skip some if that's okay. Um, one scripture says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. That's Hosea. Um, there's another verse that talks about sleeping in harvest. That son who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. So there is this law of sowing and reaping. Sowing involves faith. It involves risk because we don't always see the results right. Anyone ever planted something and then you go outside, you're like, you're hoping to see it. I remember as a little boy, ate some watermelon. I took the seeds and 
planted them in the yard in the back just to see if a watermelon plant would grow. And every day I'd go water it. It just wasn't coming up right away. It didn't come up the first day. But eventually it started growing. I was so happy. I was so excited until one day the landlord was back there pulling weeds and he pulled my little watermelon plant. So I was uh, just a little boy in second grade. I was so disappointed. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we don't always see the end results of what we've sown. Some people say, I've been living for God. I've been reading my Bible. I've been doing right. And, and still this bad stuff is happening. Be patient. Be not weary in well-doing. Be patient. So the reaping is the fun part. That's the, pun, that's the part where we see the, the reward right away, right? So sowing is more difficult than reaping. Uh, sowing and reaping involve work, but the case of reaping, the worker sees the immediate, immediate reward of his labor. Those who sow in tears, the Bible says, shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Another law uh, says sowing requires the patience of the one who does the sowing. It's another law. Um, reaping does not immediately follow sowing. In nature, some seeds take longer to grow than others. Um, reaping is in direct proportion to the sowing. So if you sow a bunch, right, he that soweth, what does it say? You guys know what I'm talking about in 1 Corinthians 9, 6? What's it say, Christy? You did, Brother McAtee, he must have saw my notes. Oh, that's not the right verse. That is not the right verse. Is it 2 Corinthians 9, 6? Sorry, guys. I, I forgot to put the other one. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So it's in direct proportion to how much you sow. That's one of the other laws that we see. So the nature of the seed sown determines the nature of the harvest that is reaped, right? Um, I heard this, this statement. Somebody said this. Most Christians, so-called, sow their wild oats Monday through Saturday, and on Sunday they pray for crop failure. And that's true, isn't it? They live any way they want to, Monday through Saturday, and then on Sunday they're just praying that, you know. Young people, you will reap what you sow. Melissa, Destiny, Myrna, Tina, you're going to reap what you sow. What's that? Well, she said she didn't do nothing. I got news for you. I went by the field of the slothful, and it was all grown oval. They didn't do nothing. And I really didn't do nothing a lot of times, and the weeds still grew. 
So sometimes doing nothing is not that good either. Um, seed sown secretly will be seen openly at the time of reaping. That's another law. Um, here's something that's interesting. Jesus let the wheat and the tares grow together until the time of the harvest when they would be manifest more clearly. Because when the wheat and the tares were younger, they, they look real similar to, to one another. So I want, Christy, put, put up some of those pictures that I sent you. Um, look at that. Um, well, put the, go back to the first one, Christy. So that right there, that's more near the time of harvest. But you can kind of see the one on the left that's the wheat. The one on the right, that's the tear. They look pretty similar, don't they? And before those little grains start appearing on the, the wheat, they, they look almost identical when they're very young. You could, let's look at the next, uh, the next one. The one on the left, that's, that's a, a tear. And they say that the young tears and the, the young wheat, they look almost identical. What, and, yeah, so basically you get the picture, right? You got the picture in your mind. I like the first one the best. That seems to be the best. That seems the most clear. That just seems to be the most clear. So wheats and tares, right? Um, we are responsible for sowing in our lives. One of the laws tells us that God is responsible for the increase that one scripture that says Apollos watered, God gave the increase, or I planted, Paul said, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. The one who reaps, now this is very interesting to me. The one who reaps is not always the same as the one who sows. You guys, um, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, there may be somebody who goes out and sows the seed, but the one who reaps may not be the one who is the one who's doing the sowing. It says, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he and uh, the one who sows may rejoice together. Um, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. We have scripture that talks about that. Um, you may not personally reap that which you planted in your lifetime, but you keep sowing. Keep sowing the good seed. Keep on sowing the good seed. You may not uh, benefit from it in your lifetime. Sometimes your children will reap what you have sown. If you planted good seed, that seed will produce long after you are gone. In February of 2017, we went to a service in Lodi, California, where Brother Eli Hernandez was preaching. He prophesied something to my mother, um, concerning my father 
And I want to, because my dad had just died the previous month, January. And I want to share with you a little bit of that prophecy. He said to my mother, he went up to her and he said, the people that hurt you the most, some of the seed that still remains in them, that you and your husband put into them is still alive and it's not dead. And though the pain of what they did is only a memory now faded, the rejoicing that'll come from the seed is still sprout that's blooming in the current spirit world and is about to come into metabolization and you will see it with thine own eyes. Do you remember that, mother? And so he went on and he spoke of uh, this in Egypt. They found in one of the tombs or they found this box that had very, very old seeds in it and they planted the seed and it, and it grew. And so I wanted to, that just, I, that always stuck with me. And I just remember that that's the thing that stuck out to me the most was him talking about that seed that was thousands of years old that just in the right, in the right environment, being preserved in the right way was planted. And so um, I looked it up and I found that they, in 2005, scientists sprouted a preserved 2,000-year-old date palm seed. And they named that date palm Methuselah. You could look it up, Methuselah, the date palm. And so just because a seed hasn't sprouted, you just keep planting. And sometimes you may not see it, but you just keep sowing the good seed. You keep allowing the good seed to be planted into your life. Um, the thing with the wheat and the tares is that if you went to pull out the tares, since they have the same root system, you could destroy the wheat. So God would let them, he said, just let them grow up together. And at the time of harvest, at that time, we'll separate them. And so there may be things in your life, there may be some seeds that have been sown that aren't good, but you just keep planting the good, that's the good news. Today, you know, I've sown a lot of bad seeds from my past, but today I just want to plant some good seeds. I want the, the word of God to penetrate into my life, and I just want the good seed to just, you know what, there may be some bad things that, that come in my life. There may be some, you know, some results and some fruits that I've done from years gone by, but I just want to keep planting the good seed, keep planting and hope for God's mercy when it comes to some of these bad seeds that I've planted from my past. You know, you might be able to cut open an apple and tell how many seeds it has. How many know what the average apple has in the amount of seeds that the average apple has? <laughs> a lot of different numbers. <laughs> I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm just hearing people that are in the right range. Okay, this says five to eight seeds. When I Googled it, it said five to eight seeds. 
But you know, you might pull out one of those seeds and you might not be able to tell how many apples could come from that one seed. And so if you were to plant that seed under the right conditions and it began to sprout, it may take seven to 10 years before you know the quality of fruit that that one seed would produce. So you know, you might be planting some good seed today, but you just keep planting that good seed. You keep planting that right seed. You might not see the results right away. You might not see it tomorrow or next week or in two years or in three years, but you keep planting that good seed. And how many apples do you think that the average apple tree will produce in its lifetime? A lot. <laughs> Any guesses? What is it? 70? Um, you need to add a few more zeros to that. <laughs> what is it? What did I hear over here? 1,500. Well, this, according to what I Googled, says 7,500 to 12,000 apples is what the average apple tree will grow in its lifetime. That's a lot of apples, and that's a lot of apple seeds. So the seed that you produce, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die someday, but maybe someday I keep throwing seeds and, and sharing with my children and instructing them in the word of the Lord. Maybe that seed will grow. And maybe that will go on to the next generation and the next generation. But you keep sowing the good seed. Because remember, you will reap what you sow. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And here's the problem. A lot of people are sinning. They're committing adultery, fornication, and it will send them to hell. You're not going to be able to be saved with it. We have, we have plenty of scripture that tells you you will not, will not see the kingdom of heaven with those sins. Galatians 5, for example. Works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, unclean. The list is right there. So a lot of people, they commit their sin. And because they don't have the penalty of their sin right now, they think, oh, this is okay. And so they keep sinning. See, our God is a patient. He's a long-suffering God. And Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Because it hasn't happened right away. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. And so, yeah, you might not see the results of that sin right away. But... Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's scary to me. That first verse says, be not deceived. Galatians 6, 7. Can we go there again? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There may be people said, you know what? I've been doing it this way. Look at everything's okay with me. Nothing's bad's happened to me. You can do it this way. You should be okay too. Be not deceived. I, I just want to let you know. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You might not see the fruits of that right away, 
but you will sow what you have reaped. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh, it's guaranteed, you can't avoid it, you're going to reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's the kind of seed you want to sow. You want to sow that seed that brings the reaping of life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. How many have got tired in well-doing? I have. You get tired, you get exhausted. You know, don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, we shall reap if we don't faint, right? If we faint not. I guarantee you, you're going to reap. So don't be weary. Do you want to reap corruption or life everlasting? This verse is so scary to me because I've spent a lot of time sowing to my flesh. A lot of time. There's times when I have had some terrible things happen to me and I thought, I deserve this because that's what I sowed. Anyone else ever done that? <laughs> but we can make that decision today to start sowing to the Spirit. And I would encourage you to sow to the Spirit every day. Keep sowing to the Spirit because you will reap life everlasting. Has anyone ever seen those beautiful, beautiful gardens? I meant to have a picture. And the flowers and the floor, everything just looks so perfect. And they have these perfect arrangements. And uh, one day, uh, we took the Bible quizzing, senior Bible quiz team a few years ago to San Francisco for the day. And we went and we walked through those gardens over there by um, Candlestick Park. These beautiful gardens that we saw that day. And that took a lot of work. That was intentional, what they planted. They, they put certain seeds, and they, have, they didn't allow certain other seeds to be intermingled with those seeds that just caused a beautiful floral arrangements. It was just really neat to see. And I thought, wow, that takes a lot of work. But how rewarding is that? They have reaped what they have sown. And sometimes the sowing is a lot of work. Sometimes the sowing, you might get weary. Sometimes the sowing, you might get tired. Nobody else seems to be out there sowing as hard as you are and just taking the special care that it takes to sow those seeds. But don't be weary in well-doing. Because when the fruit comes forth, it is so rewarding. You will reap what you have sown. Don't give up. Do not quit. A lot of people have given up. A lot of people have quit. A lot of people have complained that when they came to God, it was just so much harder doing the right thing. Don't be weary in well-doing. There is something that uh, Brother Jim Elkins who his wife is, uh, I just tell you, Sister Janice Elkins is a um, renowned 
Bible quizzing coach. Uh, she has coached teams that have won national tournaments. Um, I don't know how many times. She's an excellent coach. And her husband, he sits next to her and he helps score keep. And if you know Brother Elkins, he's just a mellow, just really a nice guy. Really love Brother Elkins. But he wrote this article that talked about orchards. And he said, orchards, they take at least three years. When you plant a tree, it'll take at least three years before it starts producing fruit. And so he said, you know, uh, the studies have shown that those who have done Bible quizzing for at least three years, over 90% of them never backslid. And so that's something that we're, though, there's nothing great about Bible quizzing, but there's something great about God's word. And when you're putting God's word into your life and you're allowing that seed to get into your life and you're allowing that seed to penetrate in your, in your thoughts and assimilate and, and change your life, right? And make changes according to God's word. It is life-changing, and so he said after three years, the studies have shown, they did a study based upon the Bible quizzers in the Texas district over a period of I don't know how many years. And they started following these quizzers and they found out that 90% of them never backslid. And out of those who did, if they had quizzed more than three years, a high percentage of them came back. So there's something powerful about allowing God's word to come into your life. There's something powerful about it, meditating on it, thinking about it. And so I want to encourage you to sow the good seed. And that good seed, according to Matthew 13, is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. I skipped a lot of things. There's a lot of verses that talk about seed in the scripture, talks about sowing, reaping, all throughout. I probably skipped one of the verses that... You know, you might, might have been thinking of, right? Because there's so many. But I just want to encourage you, keep on sowing the good seed. Keep on sowing the good seed. Keep on sowing the good seed. Don't give up. Don't stop. I know that today, if I went home and I made up my mind I was going to stop sowing good seed in my life, and I started just sowing to the flesh, in a short amount of time, I would be reaping corruption in my life. That's the thing that's so scary because I'm just right there. I'm so close. And so we got to keep fighting that good fight. We got to keep sowing to the Spirit. That's what we got to do. And so there are people that are not here today, some who have told me they would be here today. And if they're online, I want you to tell you, you got to keep sowing to the Spirit. You have to keep, so you cannot allow the carnality and the things of this world to distract you because the time is short. It's really short. The end is coming quickly and your end might be quicker than the end. Oh, I think your end is going to be quicker than the end for sure. We, get, we have a guarantee that your end is coming a lot quicker than the end of the world. And so I want to encourage you, don't give up. Keep fighting the good fight. 
sow the good seed because you will reap what you have sown. Promise you. It might not be tomorrow, Danielle. You might not see the results tomorrow, but keep sowing the good seed. There's so many disasters. People call me on the phone, that disasters. And I had a phone call from uh, somebody who's not here today earlier in this week saying, Pastor, the situation. And I prayed with them over the phone. And good news is I got a text yesterday or Friday saying, we are praying and fasting about this. I, so we, we need to keep sowing to the Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just worship him for a little bit. He's worthy of prayer. Maybe my, one of my daughters can come. Oh, I don't have any piano playing daughters here. <laughs> Who else plays the piano here? Ruth is, where's Ruth? She's, she's back in the back too. Rosette's not here. Rosette is at another church today. Y'all, we need to pray for her. It's, it's for her college. She's, uh, she should, hopefully, she's back in time for the potluck. She's going to try. But uh, her college was singing at another church today. It's part of her grade, so she had to go sing at another church. So I don't have Rosette to... Right? So, um, anyways, let's just take a few moments. And um, my daughter, Rosette... Was it Rosette who told me this week? I think it was Rosette. Was it Rosette that said... She was talking to somebody at their school, and they say churches don't have altar calls anymore. Who, that's like a thing of the past. I don't, was it Rosette who said that? I think it was Rosette, somebody in one of her classes. And she said, what do you mean? And um, uh, what do you mean that churches don't have altar calls anymore? And so some of these kids grew up in church, and it's a foreign idea to them. But the idea of the altar is when you come down to the altar, you're not, you're not putting your junk on the altar. You're not putting your sins on the altar. You're not putting your mistakes on the altar. What are you putting on the altar? You're putting the, right? You're putting, you're bringing a perfect sacrifice. And what's the perfect sacrifice that you can bring? Something that's not your yesterdays, not your mistakes. You can give him your tomorrows. You can give him your future, right? And so um, we have an opportunity. I just want to give everyone an opportunity. You can come forward. You could stay at your seats. But let's just um, spend a little bit of time. And um, I would like to see people just be challenged today to make a commitment to sow good seed into their life every single day.